Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and this episode is sponsored by Extend Web Services. We know that a strong online presence is essential to reach your target audience. Extend Web Services understands the online needs of the Pregnancy Help community because they are part of it. They help people find your website to ensure that those looking for online pregnancy help can find you. And for affiliates, they can also offer a chat feature that connects to OptionLine, our 24-7 contact center. For multiple marketing web packages for both clients and supporters to online advertising, they're here to meet all of your marketing needs. Extend your reach and save more lives. Get started at extendwebservices.com. So I'm here with Betty McDowell, our former Vice President of Ministry Services at Heartbeat International. Um, And I say former because if you listen to our recent episode called Dear Reluctant Leader, you got to hear a little bit of Betty's journey over the years, her her career in the pregnancy help movement and specifically here at Heartbeat, and uh, that she felt like it was time to step away from that particular position. Um, And we're glad she is still connected with us in other ways. But This is kind of a handoff um, episode to introduce our new Vice President of Ministry Services. So, Betty, I will let you introduce her. Dun-da-da-da. Thanks, Christine. (laughs) Um, Like, you're the first person to officially call me the former Vice President. Uh, I put that on my LinkedIn account. That was kind kind of fun to do. Love Heartbeat. And again, it's part of my DNA, so... They can't just totally kick me out, get rid of me. Not that anyone's asked to do that. Uh, But it is my honor and my privilege to introduce to you the answer to our prayers as we have been looking for our new Vice President of Ministry Services, and that is Tracy Shellhouse. Just say hello, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. (laughs) There you go. She fits right in here, folks. Um, Fun fact about Heartbeat International is that we have three Vice Presidents. We have Cindy Boston Bellata, who is the Vice President of Mission Advancement, Andrea Trudden, who is the Vice President of Communications and Marketing, and now Tracy Shellhouse, who is the Vice President of Ministry Services. So we have three very amazing women who serve as Vice Presidents under one very amazing President, Jarrell Godsey. So Tracy and her family are in the process making plans to move to Columbus, Ohio from Cleveland, Tennessee. It's kind of fun here if you're in Ohio because we have a Cleveland, Ohio. So we're constantly going, it's Cleveland, Tennessee, not Cleveland, Ohio, Mm -hmm. moving to Columbus, Ohio. Um, Tracy in her history has worn many hats uh, throughout the pregnancy help community. Uh, She's been a volunteer client advocate. She's been a satellite center director, a client services director, a sexual purity director, and executive director, and really over the last uh, 11 years, I think, right Mm -hmm. now, leading as CEO of New Hope Pregnancy Center. So that is quite a history. Those are a lot of hats. Um, Tracy, tell us a little bit about how you ended up in the world of pregnancy help. Well, I remember the first time I learned about abortion, I was in third grade, And it was unfathomable, and I couldn't comprehend it. And I just remember immediately, even as at that point, like a a nine-year-old going, oh, I I don't understand that. And I, as I grew up and as a young adult, definitely considered myself pro-life. But I really didn't know what that meant, to to actually be actionable in Mm -hmm. your beliefs. And so after the birth of my third child in 2001, I received a newsletter that um, a ministry had sent out into our neighborhood. And in it, there was an article that was written by a nurse who um, had been part of an abortion, Mm -hmm. and she described it. 
And she was describing a, um, a late-term abortion, and I was overwhelmed by it. My third child was about a month old, mm. and I had her laying in the floor on a blanket, and I remember weeping and looking at her and thinking, there are children as healthy mm. and viable as faith that could possibly die today. And I was overwhelmed by it because I thought, Lord, why would you show me something like this that is so big? What can I do about it? And I am very grateful that when we ask sincere questions, Mm -hmm. the Lord gives us answers. And so it wasn't too long after that that my best friend found out about um, Save a Life Shelby, which was in the, um, the Pelham, Alabama area, and she wanted to volunteer as a client advocate. And she, at the time, had one child. And the way I began volunteering initially was providing child care so others could go into the center and be a client advocate. So I was watching Caleb. Oh, it's a hat we didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I did that for quite a while. And then she and her husband invited us to go to the banquet. So we went to the banquet. We became donors. Um, I ended up becoming a Walk for Life liaison for my church. But then the executive director of the center came and spoke for Sanctity of Human Life Sunday at my church. And when I understood um, the call of action mm-hmm. and I understood the opportunity that I had, I was very, very moved. But I was a stay-at-home mom of three at the time. My husband was self-employed, and I also ran his business and took care of our children. Um, I did all of the operations part of our business, and I was like, you know, Lord, how is how? How? By the time we got in the car, we shut the doors in the church parking lot. Gene said, you want to do that, don't you? (laughs) And I said, yeah. And he said, we'll make it happen. And so within um, less than a week, I had my application in. Within about three weeks, I was doing counselor training or what peer counselor training, what we called it back then, and um, fell in love with the movement and Mm. what we do. I can truly say I, um, the Lord knew exactly where he was taking me. I had no idea. I came in as a volunteer, and that was my original aspiration. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful, though, because this movement is not only meaningful, but the people within it are wonderful. We we love others, and we love each other. That's great. You know, it's, it's always fun to hear kind of the awakening, for some even a reawakening of what God has on their lives. And while you've had all those experiences and you've worn one hat after another, um, there are some credentials behind your name because you, you've, so she doesn't just come with that heart, <laughs> although extremely important, but maybe give us a little bit about your, the, the letters behind your name. <laughs> Well, I don't know that I'm going to keep all those letters behind my name. That's something um, I've I've been discussing with a few people here at Heartbeat. Um, I had not finished college when Gene and I had gotten married. And in time, I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. I was one of those students that truly in my undergraduate uh, studies changed my major six times. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of things. I'm very interested in so many different things. But when I got involved in the pregnancy help movement and then actually went on staff, it really helped me refine 
what I thought would be the best tools Mm -hmm. and the best things for me to do. And so I uh, went back and got a, a master's in biblical counseling. And I will say, you know, we're not counseling, we're coaching, um, but that master's in biblical counseling definitely helped as a leader mm-hmm. with the people and the community uh, that we I was ministering to. Then um, I realized I love coaching and I have a coach's heart. And so I went back to Light University and um, did everything I needed to be able to be credentialed as a board cert- certified master Christian life coach. And of course, since around 2010, I've also been credentialed as a life affirming specialist Yay. with Heartbeat. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for that. So, a lot of accomplishments, and none of us are able to really achieve success without some help and support along the way. So, maybe tell us a little bit about a particular person or people that you're grateful uh, toward who helped you get to where you are today. Maybe is there a story to share with it? Go for it. Okay. Well, there have been so many, and it would be easy to pick someone that um, people listening to this podcast know because there have been very um, influential people in my life Mm -hmm. with Heartbeat, but without my family Mm. um, supporting me, praying for me, and empowering me to be able to do what I've done for the last 20 years— it would not have been possible. And so I think back, as I said, I began as a volunteer babysitting for Mm -hmm. someone. My Aunt Linda, that week that I went in from eight to four, for five days that week doing client advocate training, my Aunt Linda watched my children. And um, and so in the, the process of that, she allowed me to go do that. And she had to make a sacrifice. And then later, uh, as I mentioned, my husband was uh, self-employed. We, I, I worked the Friday afternoon shift. And so my husband came to me and he said, I will work a half day on Friday and I will come home and babysit. And I informed him, when it's your children, it's parenting. You babysit other people's kids. <laughs> but my husband did. And we knew as a family that that was going to be sacrificial because he lost 10% of his work week mm-hmm. in doing that. But he was um, very supportive uh-huh. of what we do. And then there came a time where it was just financially things were difficult, and I really wanted to be in the office, but I couldn't afford childcare. And my Aunt Linda came back to me and said, I'll watch Faith. And for about a year and a half, um, my Aunt Linda, who loves to sleep and had insomnia (laughs) and always slept in, was up at 7 o'clock in the morning, five days a week, to be able to watch Faith. And so then, you know, from there, my husband has been an amazing supporter. Um, He has given to the movement when I didn't know it until I went to reconcile uh, checking accounts for the business. Uh, There was a time at Save a Life we were really financially strapped, and um, I started reconciling accounts and found checks, and I didn't know what they were for, and then later found out they were going to Save a Life. And so he has supported the ministry and um, then, of course, supporting me now. Yeah. As he he has been sending um, prayers and scripture and encouragement, and I was up really late last night because we were talking. And even at this moment, my oldest daughter and son-in-law have my youngest daughter in their home while I am in Columbus this week before we're able to make this transition. And so I would say family is really the greatest support that I've had. Well, and we, we thank your whole family. We really do, <laughs> because they are willing to pick up and to... Um, resettle in yes. Columbus, Ohio, which those of us who live here, we think Columbus is a wonderful place. And so 
We'll welcome you to Columbus. We're glad that you're going to come this way. Um, I, I can so relate to that because family is so important to me, and they've been support for me. And we hear that throughout. Um, you know, anytime there are things happening, we see right our spouses are right. picking up hammers and yes. picking up boxes, <laughs> yes. and our kids are doing the same thing. So, um, those in the movement who are listening to this, they get it because. I've seen the photos on social media of families and spouses stepping in. Mm -hmm. So we love our families who support us. Um, Tracy, you have been through the years, because I've known you about 10 years. Uh, I've had the opportunity to even walk through a couple different seasons even in your life as yes. you're walking through things in, in the organizations where you're working. Yes, <laughs> uh, which which has added to really the respect that I have for mm. you, the wisdom uh, that I've seen you walk in, and um, and it's a blessing to Heartbeat. We're grateful for that. Um, you have attended the Pregnancy Help Institute. Yes. Part of that has been going through the uh, leadership track. Yes. And one of the things that's really... Uh, talked about on on the leadership track is that leaders are readers. Mm -hmm. And there are several of us in really the movement throughout that we usually, you know, like, hey, haven't seen you for a while. What are you reading? So um, I have to ask, I know you've read lots of books um, and most of them really on leadership. So you're probably an an excellent resource to talk about leadership (laughs) stuff. Uh, But I know you're reading something else right now. So Mm -hmm. um, tell us what you're reading. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, do you want to hear about both of them? Or um, You're so, so currently, I am reading The Power of Pregnancy Help. <laughs> Great book. Yes, Highly recommended. Um, for those of put you that link, don't know. Put a link in the notes. <laughs> authored by Peggy and Jarrell. Um, actually, the book was sent to my office mm-hmm. and somehow never made it to my desk. And so it wasn't until recently I found out from Jarrell, well, you should have the book. And I'm like, well, I don't. And I started asking questions and found it. And um, one of the things I did is I reached out to Jarrell, and uh, when I realized the Lord was opening this door, mm-hmm. I said, what, what are the things that I can do to, in preparation before I arrive? And he said, you need to read The Power of Pregnancy Help. Mm-hmm. And so I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I love reading it because, and I don't know if it's just because I've met Peggy and I know Jarrell, but it's, it's so much in their voices. Uh-huh. It is such an engaging read. Like I'm, I literally hear Darrell and Peggy in my head when I'm reading their chapters. Um, so I would really, really encourage um, people to read that. The other thing I'm reading right now, and, and I say that because I do think it's important um, to read and, and, and hone your skills, uh-huh. um, is a book called um, Leadership is Dead. And how influence is reviving it, and it is a powerful book written by uh, Jeremy uh, Kubitschek, and he is a Christian that's very, very intentional about the mission field of um, the, the corporate and business world, mm-hmm. and how as we we shouldn't be Christians and businessmen or leader, mm-hmm. we should be Christian leaders. And I love the take he has, and the point he makes in it is that influence is the most potent asset that any leader has. Mm -hmm. That influence is really what makes the difference. But the enemy of influence is our tendency um, to fall back on self-preservation. That we are guarding our territory, we guard our our thoughts, our ideas. We don't want to share everything Mm because we might give it away and someone steal that idea. And that does happen. But what that does, though, is it causes us to put up walls. It causes our relationships to be more shallow and not as deep. And ultimately, 
it prevents us from having the impact that collectively in consensus we can have. And so what has to happen is we have to let those walls come down, invest in others. And what one of the concepts he has that is my favorite is he talks about the personal paradox of generosity. Mm. That it doesn't make sense because you're giving your yep. ideas away. Yep. You're giving your resources and assets away. Um, in, say in the, the pregnancy help movement as we are all funding um, you know, our missions, maybe even telling someone else about a donor that you think would have a heart for that ministry. And maybe it's your donor, but you go, you know, I know somebody. But sharing those things, but the point he makes, though, is as we give, the paradox is then we also receive, that it comes back. And it is a a powerful idea. I see it working all the time Mm -hmm. in the pregnancy help movement. And what it does is it changes cultures. It changes the culture within an organization to where we become givers We are go-givers. We're looking for the opportunity to give and to share. And with that, I believe it amplifies our impact and it's powerful. And to me, it makes life a lot more fun when we have the chance to collaborate Mm -hmm. and uh, really cheer others on. That's great. Yeah. That's that's something that we we actually was a topic at our last conference with Peter Greer, Mm -hmm. that very very concept. So, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. So that's what I'm reading. I'm reading a couple at a time. So, Mm -hmm. Betty, what are you reading? So I I try to read kind of more one book at a time. Right now (laughs) I'm kind of stepping into a season of, like, read. My read is on. Um, I'm actually taking a course right now, which is on prayer. It has some kind of the history of prayer, uh, a lot of the biblical references, and it it came with five books. So I'm reading from five books for this particular class, along with lots of other materials. Um, But I am reading through, I happen to be reading through two books right now. Uh, One is uh, John Eldridge's book, Resilient, and it's about restoring your weary soul in these turbulent times. Resilience uh, is a word that kind of, it resonated with me. It was something that I started to study, to think about, uh, that kind of happened through COVID and how, what do we need and working with leaders. And I, I kind of loved um, one of the points that that he makes in the book. He makes several, many, several good points, but he really talks about life was at a really fast pace to begin with. And then uh, COVID hit. Mm. And then as COVID was stepping away, people were like, okay, back to normal. And his point really is that we're not going back to normal. There is a new normal for us to have. And do we want to be at that breakneck speed? And really how to build our own resilience. And that's really mind, soul, body, spirit. So uh, I'm not finished reading it, but I, I without a doubt can say that it's a book I would recommend. And then I've been reading through uh, Francis Chan's book, mm-hmm. Until Unity. Um, really another really good book. Uh, learning some things in it that uh, simple read, good read. I recommend the book. Um, and I think it's, it's poignant for this season of pregnancy help uh, because we are really in a world where um, our culture is is evil in a sense. I mean, that's yes. probably the best word I can use to describe it. And we as church, as fellow believers, what we need in understanding uh, unity. So those are those are pretty much um, the two that I'm reading through, as well as a few others that I'm reading from. 
So. That's awesome. You know, leaders are readers, but leaders are also learners. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact, um, especially when I, I can sit and look and I know that you're wise and you have had so many opportunities to I'm obtain. Laughing. <laughs> I always laugh when someone says you're wise. <laughs> to obtain so, knowledge yeah. um, over the years, and but you don't quit. Uh-huh. You're still learning. You're still looking for more and to get, dig deeper. And with that, you know, I think about all of the, th- the experiences mm-hmm. that you've had in your time with Heartbeat and just in life and ministry in general. Um, and I really wonder, of all the things you've learned and all of your experiences, what would you say is the most memorable or your favorite experience with Heartbeat International? Okay, so there there are a lot of them, but for the sake of our listeners, we won't uh, take you through <laughs> all of them. I think uh, what I'd share is this is something that goes way back, ready for this, 1985. Wow. Uh, I'm pregnant with my first child, <laughs> morning sickness, and I was on staff at a pregnancy center, kind of a client services director. We had two working on three locations at that time. Uh, I think we had somewhere around 60 uh, volunteers. I had my hands full, learning all kinds of things. And um, Peggy Hartshorn, who was the board chair of that organization, sent me off to a conference called Alternatives to Abortion International, AAI. And if you've been reading The Power of Pregnancy Help, um, you know later, spoiler alert, that is uh, now Heartbeat International. So I attended this conference with our, at that time, director and two board members, and I'm in this conference with, I don't, I'm going to guess, maybe 300-some people in Denver, Colorado, was, again, struggling with sickness and altitude. And I'm at this conference, and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Who am I? What, what's going on? I didn't know that such you know organizations even existed. And uh, paying attention, learned lots of things. Um, and one, one day at the conference, like day two of the conference, uh, on stage, the, the folks who were sponsoring the conference said, hey, this is the way we used to do it in the old days. Uh, who would like to host next year's conference? And I felt this stirring within me <laughs> and thought, huh. Um, and no one said anything in the room. And so I just stayed quiet. I went back to my hotel room and thought about it. And I prayed. And I, I said, well, Lord, if, if this is something that our local pregnancy center is supposed to get behind and do— for 1986, then would you give me a moment with that person who was on stage? And the next day, as I was walking down the hall of the hotel, uh, up coming in the opposite direction toward me was this person who was on stage, along with Lori Meyer, who's one of the founders of Heartbeat International. And they greeted me, and I said hello to them, and I thought, okay, maybe I'm supposed to say something. And I, I said, so I'm, I'm thinking that maybe if you're still looking for someone to do the conference next year, that perhaps our pregnancy center in Columbus, Ohio, could take that task on. And the woman who had been on stage looked at me. She smiled. She was polite. She laughed. And she said, honey, you have no idea what you'd be getting into. <laughs> I, I don't think that probably you're, you're young. I don't... I don't know that your organization is big enough to handle such a thing, and but thank you for offering. 
And so I, I, like all the air, kind of went out of my sail and I kind of hung my head and thought, oh, that was really foolish of you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went ahead and I enjoyed the rest of the conference. And I, I did realize that the woman who was standing next to her was definitely paying attention. That was Lori paying attention to uh, my name tag. I, I did notice that. A few weeks later, a call came into the pregnancy center in Columbus, Ohio, and I answered and and the, the person on the phone was, I believe it was Lori Meyer when I think back. And she said, were you serious about being willing to do the conference next year? And I said, I, I think so, maybe. Um, and I said, I have to talk to our board chair, Peggy Hartshorn. And she said, okay, would you do that and get back to me? So I, I went over to Peggy's house, who really didn't live far from the pregnancy center, and said, hey, this, this opportunity came up. And she said, do you think we could do it? And I said, well, I think you could do it, um, and I'd be happy to join you. And so we formed a task force, and we actually did the next conference in Columbus, Ohio in 1986. And if you had told me in 1985 or 1986 that someday I would be the vice president of Heartbeat International and responsible for a conference (laughs) that then went up to 1,500 people, um, I would have said that you were crazy. And so I think back to the that woman who who kind of looked at me and and laughed politely laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I look back at that now and I go, okay, God, where were you? And I can't help but think that God Himself was laughing uh, <laughs> to know what was ahead and what was in store. So that's probably it's a foundational story for me and just uh, continued evidence of God's hand on the movement, God's hand on on my life in particular. So what a joy it's been. That is. That's wonderful. Um, So for everyone listening, what would you say is the most important message or reminder that you would leave us with today in this podcast? Because I know you're not just leaving us, but but what what would you have us to hear and think about? So I love when we do our conferences. We always have a theme that goes with the conference. Uh, This year or this coming year will be the theme of breakthrough. We've we've used words like um, onward and Mm -hmm. um, essential and vision. Uh, One of my favorites was a theme that we had uh, that was better together. And that was the theme of a conference. And that is part of the culture of Heartbeat. Um, While while Jarrell and the leadership, the board... The leaders here who are serving are very uh, caring. We we love our affiliates. We're um, helping our affiliates. We're helping them really to the movement. It's we're very movement minded in what we do, and that idea of better together is is so is so important to me that we have to recognize who the real enemy is. I, I think that sometimes yes. it's easy for us to to turn around and go, my colleague who doesn't agree with me is my enemy. Or that other pregnancy center that's just down the road or whatever is my enemy. Uh, and and on and on. National groups. Well, that national affiliation group is my right. enemy. It's easy to do that, and yet we know we're better together. And that sense of unity doesn't mean, when you talked about earlier from the book, the consensus um, and in unity, there it doesn't mean that we lose our identity. Right. We actually complement one another. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important. And as I was reading through, as I've been reading through Until Unity, 
I think as believers and in the movement, we have a tendency to just go, oh, yes, isn't it great when brothers dwell together in unity, right? We pull some scripture about that. But there's actually a lot of other scripture that talks about unity, and one that really stood out to me that that's really, in one sense, a warning, I think, to the movement. It's out of Proverbs 6, 6, 16 through 19, where God places really big emphasis when he says um, that he hates, he calls an abomination, one who sows discord among brothers. And that that's really captured my attention. So the positive side is that we are better together, and there's a warning to that, mm-hmm. that we uh, should be careful to not sow discord. We're at a time in the movement where we need each other, we can be so much better together, and I wouldn't want us to miss that opportunity uh, to be uh, better together and um, and mindful of again the enemy. The enemy, in one sense, it's not it's not even the abortion clinic. It's not the senators. It's not the congressmen. Uh, this is spiritual warfare, yes. and uh, we need to have that uh, togetherness. So I think that's my 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 thought. My Kind of my thought, I know that you as a leader, Tracy, love people and your heart is for our team to continue yes. to move forward together and move heartbeat forward and move the movement forward and doing that in unity. So um, it's really my joy to be able to hand the baton over to you and uh, and to be able to kind of step back and watch and cheer you on. So well, thank you for coming, that. Heartbeat. Thank you for saying yes, because Tracy is an answer to our prayers. Well, I'm very excited to be here. And one of the things that I've loved most about Heartbeat is the unity that I've seen. And even seeing when there seems to be discord, um, the desire to, to collaborate, the desire to find consensus and to make sense of it mm-hmm. in a way that no one is discounted and all voices are heard. Um, and I do believe in in that space when we're trusting in the sovereignty of God and we are being iron sharpening iron and we're not setting up camps and, mm-hmm. and bringing about division, that really that is when we can be our most true self. Mm-hmm. Because if we are you know putting up the, the guardrails and, and trying to pretend, um, you know, we, we get further and further apart. And I so appreciate um, what Heartbeat does, but what you've done, Betty, at Heartbeat mm. to bring about that unity and that connection. And um, you will be greatly missed, <laughs> even though I know that, you know, it, it's not like you're moving away and not giving us your address. Um, but we, uh, you will be greatly missed, I know. And, um, you know, I've had some, a couple of people say, oh, so you're replacing Betty? And I'm like, <laughs> There is no replacing Betty, and um, there that's and and I don't want that on me. Uh-huh. I don't want anyone uh, to give me the job description of replace Betty because I would never have accepted the job. Um, and but I am excited about um, the legacy that I have the opportunity to pick up and be a part of. And so, thank you, Betty. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, Christine. I guess we're ready to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats on finishing Aww. your first episode of the thank Pregnancy Help Podcast. I did really well. Yeah, I think it's the first of many. So we'll, we'll hear you again, I'm sure, very soon. Um, our listeners are familiar with my little ending message here about our feedback survey that we've been running. I'm really interested to hear what our uh, listeners have to say. And we've gotten some really great responses so far with ideas on new topics we can cover in the future. Um, so as I continue planning for new episodes, 
episodes. I just uh, love to hear what you guys think so far and what we can do to make sure we're covering what you want to hear. And with that, be sure to uh, subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future episodes, especially those as we get to know Tracy a little bit more. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.